Welcome back to another episode of Her Daily Drive, a podcast series designed to inspire young women to find their daily drive in Jesus. Hear a range of testimonies and conversations with women of all ages about their journey, the struggles and triumphs. I'm your host, Sarah, and I hope today's episode encourages you. Let's get started. Welcome to the opening segment called Getting to Know You. Original, I know. Today I've got Jamie with me. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Sarah. First one, what was your favorite food as a child? I think my favorite food when I was a child was Friday night dinner, which was chicken, chips, and coleslaw. Did you have like a tradition as a family? Yeah, it was an every Friday thing. And sometimes when it was a big football match, it would be like KFC chicken and coleslaw, which is awesome. If you could throw any kind of party, what kind of party would it be? I think it would just be a party with friends. So everyone comes around, everyone brings a little bit of food and everybody... I guess sits around and talks and enjoys each other's company. Are you a camping person or a hotel person or a glamping person? (laughs) I think I am a hotel person. I don't mind the odd camp, but I probably prefer to have a nice hot shower. Yeah, agreed. Would you like to start off by telling us a bit about your journey and your testimony? I was raised in a Catholic family and attended a Catholic primary school and a Catholic high school. I participated in all the sacraments that were made available through the church. I sang at church in early high school, not very well, I might add, and performed readings when asked. However, there was nothing real to me about my faith. It was an appropriation of my mother's faith, and I saw it as something I needed to tick off on my weekly checklist. As each of my older brothers graduated from high school, they no longer attended church, and I imagined that I would make the same decision. During school, we had a visit from an evangelical group of students from New Zealand who made presentations on school assembly and attempted to make conversations with us in the playground. I couldn't stand them. I didn't want them to talk to me, and I felt like any time they tried to converse with me, it was for a purpose and wasn't an authentic expression of friendship. My heart was hard towards the church, and I didn't think that any faith had a genuine role in people's hearts and lives. At the age of 18, however, I travelled to the USA on a rotary exchange trip to a little town of 2,000 people called Gold Beach in Oregon on the West Coast. During my time there, I lived with three different families for four months each and attended the local high school. It was one of the most amazing years of my life, and I made many enduring memories and friendships. One of the most precious memories for me was living with my third family. I had known them for my entire stay in the US. My American dad was the principal of the high school and the president of the local Rotary Club, and my American mom had reached out and befriended me in my first week in a strange town. In the time that I lived with them, we became really close. They had a beautiful relationship with each other, a very loving marriage, and were two of the warmest people I had met. In my time living with them, I witnessed many parts of their faith, and for the first time in my life, I thought that it could be something that was living and breathing. There was one moment when they took me to San Francisco for a holiday and we were walking along the Golden Gate Bridge when their faith really impacted me. I was carrying my family's camera, our only expensive camera that I was given to take photos with on my exchange. Whilst walking, the piece of plastic that covers the battery came off. As I reached the end of the bridge and got back to the car, I noticed this and was pretty worried about what my own family would think. I was worried that they'd think I'd been careless with one of our precious possessions. My American mum decided that we would find the camera piece and sent a quick prayer up before heading over the bridge with me, quite incredulous, in tow. The bridge was absolutely heaving with people. 
people riding bikes, skateboards, people running, walking, and pushing prams. I thought that there was absolutely zero chance of finding a tiny piece of black plastic in the midst of all the chaos. We walked about 20 meters, and I pleaded for my mom to turn around. I hate to put anybody out. She was persistent though, and we kept on walking. We walked another 20 meters, and I tried again. She grabbed my hand, and we kept on walking. About three quarters of the way across the bridge, she pointed, and there it was, resting precariously near the edge of the bridge. We grabbed it, and she squeezed me, saying that she knew we would find it. There was something in this small, relatively insignificant moment that whispered into my heart that God was real, and that he loves us, each of us individually, despite our flaws and imperfections. I realize that God cares about the small and the insignificant as much as he cares about the big and the very significant. At the end of my year in America, after witnessing the joy and love my American parents derived from their relationship with God, I asked my mom how to become a Christian, and she filled me in. We sat on our couch and prayed and chatted. As I look back on that experience and that moment in time, I find it breathtaking that God took me to the other side of the world to show me a portion of the undeniable love that he has for each and every person, and in doing that, changed the course of my life forever. Since that moment, around 18 years ago, I have had many moments of joy, of love, despair, and fun. And in all of it, God has been present. Thanks so much for sharing. Today we're going to be talking about a topic. Do you want to introduce that topic? Today we're going to be talking about God's love. Why do you think this is an important topic in today's society? I think that it's an important topic to discuss because God's unconditional, radical love for us is the cornerstone of our faith and one of the most difficult things to grasp and one of the most precious things to behold. What's the moment when you learned about God's love? I was married very early in life at the age of 22 to a young Christian man who was the most honest and righteous person I had ever met. I was young in both age and faith, having only been a Christian for a few years and felt safe in this match, thinking that someone who wants to do the right thing would always love me and we would have a wonderful marriage. However, my husband who wanted to always do the right thing and always honor God was often disappointed with the ways in which I failed. He was often frustrated with the flaws that I tried to but couldn't change. I was too messy, too emotional, too busy, too undisciplined. He found that in our first year of marriage, he couldn't love me. And after six years of trying to work out our differences, he delivered the ultimatum that I needed to do everything he said to fulfill every order or our marriage simply wasn't going to work. At this point, my self-worth had completely plummeted. I equated this Christian man's view of me with God's view of me. I believed that I was unlovable. I began to consider the possibility of doing everything this man asked me to do whenever he wanted me to and got in touch with my American Christian parents to ask their advice. My American parents, familiar with abusive relationships, reached out and gave me their earnest advice. They explained the nature of God's love. They explained that he loved an imperfect, flawed human like me, not because of what I do, but because of who he is. They explained that living a life following someone else's orders or facing the consequences was not the marriage that he designed. They empowered me in my lowest point to have the strength to explain why I simply couldn't do this. It was in this very difficult time, the hardest of my life, that God revealed his love for me in profound and overwhelming ways. I was surrounded by so much love, through family and through friends, that in time I rose from a pile of ashes to a woman confident, not in her skills, her appearance, her intelligence or her ability to be disciplined, but in the undeniable truth that God loved her. What's God's perspective on wanting us to experience his love? 
I think God's perspective on this is shown throughout the New Testament. As I said earlier, God's love for us is the cornerstone of our faith, and it is something that is freely given to us. A verse which reminds me of this is from Ephesians 2, 4-5, which states, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And as seen through my testimony, God uses people as his hands and his feet. In 1 John it says, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. He uses people like us to share an understanding of the depth and radical nature of his love. In the New Testament, Jesus spoke the language of God's love over the disciples until they were able to fathom it. And the overarching theme of the whole of the New Testament is that the disciples were then able to do the same speaking the same language of God's love into other people's lives, who were then able to do the same. And as a result, the early church grew. The best example of this is after Jesus spoke God's love into Paul. Paul not only spoke the language of love, but he also wrote about it, influencing countless people for centuries to come. Jesus states in John, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Ultimately, God used my American mum and dad to speak God's love into me, and they did this in so many different ways, ways that were perfectly genuine and authentic for them. Let's talk about practical steps. So I think a practical step is that, A, some people need to actually go out and love people, like what you just spoke about, but what about people that need to experience God's love? Where do you think they could start? I think experiencing God's love you can do through many different ways. The Bible obviously has lots of verses that convince us of his love for us. Psalm 139 is a good place to start, which states, For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know that full well. This verse works as a good reminder for how loved we are by the one that created us. Jamie, are there any Bible verses that inspired you along this journey? During this particular period of my life, I lent on God as my rock and my comforter. I read, among other things, a daily devotional given to me by my American parents entitled Jesus Calling by Sarah Young. This devotional is written as if it's from the perspective of God, based on key verses from the Bible, and gave me an insight into how God fervently loved me. Another one is the verse that I read before, Psalm 139, which I guess states how beautifully we're made by God Mm -hmm. and how we can rest in that. Before we finish today, do you have any final words of encouragement for our listeners? I'd just really like to encourage any listeners who are feeling unloved or worthless to consider the biblical perspective on this. Too often we listen to those around us, whether it be the people in our lives or words from the media or even our own negative thoughts and believe that we don't measure up. For those of you who know God's love, remember to speak the language of God's love over the people that you come into contact with because it is God's radical love, his unconditional agape type love that changes lives and hearts in an instant and for eternity. I would also like to encourage any listeners who haven't found faith in Christ yet to take steps to get to know him. Seek him in your local church or in a program like Alpha. Alpha is a course which our church runs twice a year where you can ask questions about the Christian faith and explore what it means to be a Christian in a very relaxed environment. For some, it's the first time in their life where they have felt truly loved, truly accepted, and truly acceptable. Their lives and hearts are irrevocably and undeniably changed, and I'd hate for you to miss out on having this in your own life. Thanks so much for joining us today, Jamie. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, Sarah. Thanks for listening to today's episode, everyone. Until next time, I hope you have a wonderful week.